0: What's up, heads? Welcome to the Mastering McConaughey podcast, where we explore the filmography and philosophy of Matthew McConaughey. I'm your guest host, Johnny Phillips. And I'm your guest host, Mark Usher. Welcome. Today, we're going to be reviewing Contact, but first... Mark. What? Mark, how are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm good. Good. I'm good. I thought we were doing Larger Than Life. Well, exactly. Did we, did we skip an episode? What the fuck are you talking about, Mark? Is Today Not content? I thought we were doing Larger Than Life. You're kidding me. What the fuck is Larger Than Life? You're messing with me, man. (laughs) You're (laughs) fucking messing with me. Okay, so at the end of A Time to Kill, we said we were going to be watching Larger Than Life, but we are not doing that. No, no, we're not. Uh, I was the canary in the coal mine for this uh, abortion of a film. It was just awful. Um so you didn't watch any of it, did you, Johnny? Mark, I did not. Okay, good. So I, I really was a canary in the coal mine. I, I caught you before you You, did. Before you watched and it. And I appreciate that. It, it was a not a great movie, and McConaughey's character was just uh, abysmal. The sweetie, hit me again, baby. come on. Was it uh, his
0: character as written? Was it his character as played? Or, or was the whole thing just a shit show?
1: I mean, his character... His character was not great. The worst part was the performance, the the way that McConaughey played it. Oh, no. So, oh, come on now. Hey, 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 hey.
0: Don't eat that
1: stuff. Don't do it. What you think's in that? He think it's doggone blueberries, don't you? Get that truck and speak. Yeah. Yeah, it was real bad. And he wasn't in it very much, so, you know, I don't feel bad skipping. well, Okay. All right. Cheers to that. But since you haven't seen it, hmm? I thought I might uh, do a little quiz for you. Oh, okay. So I've had ChatGBT give me two fake synopses of what this movie is. And I have written a real one. Okay. So this is
0: two lies and the truth is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yes. So I want you to
1: guess which one is real. Oh, this will be fun. All right, let's go. Number one. In a heartwarming family adventure, Bill Murray and Matthew McConaughey play down on their luck circus performers who discover an extraordinary secret, an elephant with the ability to communicate with humans. When a mysterious villain threatens to exploit the elephant's unique gift, the trio embarks on a thrilling cross-country journey to protect their pachyderm friend and uncover the truth behind this larger-than-life phenomenon.
0: I hope that's not the movie, Mark. God, I hope you didn't watch that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. All right. What else you got? What else you got? All right. Number two. In a whimsical blend of fantasy and comedy, Bill Murray and Matthew McConaughey star as two bumbling magicians who accidentally bring life to a mischievous talking elephant during a botched magic act. As they struggle to control the misbehaving pachyderm, they discover that the elephant has the power to grant wishes, leading to hilarious and chaotic adventures. Can they keep their magical secret under wraps while navigating a world turned upside down by their elephant's antics? Dude, okay, (laughs) okay. okay. I think that, I thought I had this in the back because I remember the word
0: pachyderm, but now you've used it twice and I don't know what I'm doing. Mm Hmm. Okay,
1: all right, keep going. All right, number three. A motivational speaker played by Bill Murray is determined to get his career off the ground, but the biggest gigs he can get are the ones nobody wants. Then one day, he receives a telegram that his circus clown father has passed away and has left a huge inheritance. When he gets there, he finds that it has come in the form of an elephant. That was his father's pride and joy in circus acts. He plans to sell the pachyderm, but he must choose between the loud and rude zookeeper Mo or the attractive animal show owner Terry. As they trek through the country, he and the elephant develop a bond, and it changes his approach on life for the better. Matthew McConaughey plays a bumbling truck driver who is duped into transporting the elephant across country with Bill Murray. All right, so I'm,
0: I'm going to have to go with um, the one that I would much rather watch, which is three. I want to watch the third one. I want Matthew McConaughey to be the bumbling truck driver and Bill Murray to have inherited an, an elephant. I think that's the right thing. I might have combined them, but I, C, I vote C, Mark. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You got it. Really? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I will have to go back and watch this. It sounds amazing. Oh, it's awful, man. <laughs> uh,
1: the highlight of, of the movie is like just Bill Murray's, you know, his his charisma and um, and the elephant. Elephant's great. but Now, was this the same elephant that played the elephant of Operation
0: Dumbo Drop? Because how many... How many acting elephants can there be, is what I'm trying to say.
1: How many can there possibly be? I don't know. I don't know. It might be. It might be. But uh, yeah, our introduction to Matthew McConaughey, he's at a diner, like essentially Waffle House. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about how um, Bill Murray comes in, sits next to him and orders eggs and sausage. And McConaughey says, you know, don't order the sausage. Because uh, (laughs) school lunches. They take all the leftovers and they feed them to the hogs, and then then they kill the hogs for the sausage. So you're eating trash. And he's got like all these conspiracy theories. <laughs> he's got an awful accent. Uh, it's oh, it's terrible. I don't know. It sounds like fun, man. You're really selling this I now. Know. Yeah. Well, but congratulations. I, I'll have to I'll have to do better well, next time. No, I'll, I'll have to you. cover it up better next time. Uh, I mean,
0: Mark, it was a crapshoot, man. You know, I had a 33% chance. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, no, as you said, we're moving we're on contact today. Yes. Dude, contact. Another one of those movies that just reminds me of old school TNT, right? Like, I mm. imagine it would be playing in the background while I'm eating hot dogs, ketchup, peas, and macaroni off of my paper plate inside that sweet little wicker holder right you know yeah yeah that's how we ate in my house all right that was us doing it uh like church picnic style yes dude that was gourmet in our house man peas and macaroni bro mm-hmm.
1: oh, that, that sounds like a dinner yeah we would have Yep. yeah we had it on dvd we had i don't know a dozen, dozen and a half DVDs, plus almost every James Bond movie on DVD <laughs> growing up. and um, Yeah, so this was one that, that I watched a lot as a kid, just on DVD. Okay, so you're familiar with it.
0: Yes. Oh, it, Indeed. In my head, <clears throat> before I started, I had this movie and another movie. There was another alien type movie that came out at the same time where people's knees bent backwards. They were like weird fucking crickets in people suits. And as I was watching this, I was like, are the crickets going to be in this one? Or is that another movie? Did you figure out what it was? No. haven't bothered to take a look.
1: Um, oh, okay. But I, I was hoping. Well, like. Men in Black was in the box office at the same time Contact was. But that had the, the roach guy in the, the skin suit. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Nope. Give me sugar. But not cricket legs. Yeah, no. Backwards
0: fucking cricket legs. It was weird. Real weird. I'll, I'll figure that out later and bring it to the table. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, people listening, they're going to be like, oh, I remember that fucking cricket movie. Yeah. Well, write in. Tell right us. Right? The neighbor, the nice black kid, he was a cricket the whole time. The whole fucking time.
1: This is not ringing any <laughs> bells for me. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Um, so, about this movie, I have a, I've taken a lot of notes, so I'm really excited. Hell yeah. Yes, so we, we've got a long way we have to go here, Mark, is, is all I'm trying to say.
1: Okay, um, <clears throat> but let's
0: dive in. Well, before we get started, Mark, what are you drinking tonight?
1: I believe this beverage has produced an emotional response. I have a pint and a pickle day. And red wine is the worst for my sores. You think maybe you and I can brew up some juice? Well, Johnny, I spent a lot of time looking up Space cocktails, searching space, astronaut, alien, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lunar, Mars. Uh, it was a lot. It was, um, everything was going to require me to buy like three different kinds of liquors or liqueurs. That's the thing. It really is. Yep. So I stopped searching and just looked at what I had right in front of my face. Uh, a Corona. Because... The sun has a corona. Oh And the sun is in space.
0: <laughs> well, and, and, I, I mean, at least the beginning of this movie was taking place somewhere in South America. Right. Puerto Rico, yeah. There you go. Right. And, and then New Mexico for another good portion of it. I'm sure they have coronas mm-hmm. there. I'm just saying. Yep. Again, geographically, you're on point. Good, good work. Yeah. Oh, what are you drinking? Um, well, Mark, I have a combination of things tonight. Uh, we were talking before the show in our little green room situation that uh, my new office is right across the street from a tap room. And so that's what I like to do. Go down there. Jealous. So uh, I have a, a Tropicalia, which is almost done. Whew. Knowing that we have a full podcast ahead of us, I also got one of their mystical slushies. <laughs> this thing's got like wow. A, Half a bottle of champagne in it. They don't screw around with their slushies.
1: (laughs) Wow. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. So, that's what I got. Nice. Yeah. Is it related to the movie at all? Only in that there's alcohol, and I'm sure they were drinking in the movie.
1: Well, I know the folks at home can't see, but that mystical slushie looks kind of like the desert. Yeah, it's got, got some orange. Like a sunrise coming up over the Threads desert. Reds so. in there, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so there there we go. New Mexico. Very galactic. Very good, yeah.
0: yeah. Bingo. Mark, I also want to note that this is just like the best way to end the last 24 hours. I've seen almost all of my college friends in the last 24 hours. Really? Yep. The only one I'm missing is Steven. I didn't see Stephen. I got to call him later. But uh, I had I had dinner. With Casey and Ryan last night. Had lunch with Dustin this morning. I was chatting with John. Like, that's it, man. These are all my friends. All five of them. right Wow. Here. Yeah. It was good. Good. I'm glad Ryan's still alive. I, I know. we haven't man. heard from him in a while. He's, he's one of those guys that you don't hear from for five or ten years. And then he just kind of pops up. Sure enough. Yeah. Just awesome. Is he doing around. well?
1: Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so... All right, Mark. So, we're talking about contact.
1: What can you tell us about the box office? Release date. What can you tell us? Came out uh, July 1997. Mm-hmm. Good year. $90 million budget and worldwide box office was $171 million. Making a profit. Yeah, I think the North American box office was only $100 million. So you know. Yeah. Now... Not, not the best. Speaking
0: of the budget, I did notice that there was a heck of a lot of CGI going on, man. Like, I feel like this Ugh. was the first one that we watched that they were like, oh, that that is not... That's not real life. They made this up. You know, everything else has been like out, out in Texas. The desert. They didn't have to screw with it. They just had the desert. Right? Right. This one was different.
1: Yeah. What'd you think about that when the... <laughs> you know, her... Jenna Malone played Jodie Foster's character as a child. Mm -hmm. And when she's in, like going through the wormhole, like Jenna Malone's face, like (laughs) pops out. It was, it was really bad. And like her teeth, like slid over or something. It was, they did a, it
0: was, (laughs) it was a wormhole, Mark. Okay. A wormhole. Be forgiven. Yeah. I, I think it was just bad CGI. I mean, it was 97. Okay. Yeah. Almost as old as Lizzie, actually. But, uh, I mean, I thought it, for what it was, it was good. Like, there are some really bad CGI movies. I didn't feel like this one, I didn't get that impression from this.
1: Like, no, like the whole, the whole apparatus, you know, that was all CGI. Yeah. Uh, it looked pretty good, you know? It did. Yeah. It did. So, uh, it's really just the whole face thing that, <laughs> that, that looked bad. This faces really threw you off, man. Yeah, no, it really did. <laughs> uh, but directed by Robert Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. He directed all the Back to the Future movies, uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah, so he's he's big time for real. He's done some good stuff. Did, mm-hmm.
0: did you figure out who Carl was?
1: Yeah, Carl Sagan.
0: That's who it's for.
1: Yeah, he. So the the movie is based on Carl Sagan's 1985 novel of the same name, I believe. No shit. And he and his wife wrote the plot outline for the movie. Um, and he actually he passed. Before this came out, that, before it released in theaters. Okay, so that makes sense, right? Because at the end, is like, poor Carl. I'm like, yeah. oh, who's Carl? Now we know. Yep, yep, Carl Sagan. Uh, the guy who plays Ellie's father, David Morse. Yeah, I don't like him. Not, not one bit. Really? <laughs> no, I feel like
0: he's always playing characters that I just don't like. Anytime I see him, he rubs me the wrong freaking way.
1: Well, I was looking. He's in Green Mile. I don't know who he played in Green Mile. Uh, I do. He was one of the freaking um, jailers. That's who he was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he was in 12 Monkeys. But again, I don't remember him from 12 Monkeys. No. And it said that he's in True Detective, but I don't know which season he's in. So we may <laughs> run into him again in the future when we do True Detective. It's possible. Yeah.
0: But but no. All that to say, I've got nothing. I don't like him one bit.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the you know North American box office wasn't just wonderful, but I'll say Roger Ebert loved it. He gave it three and a half out of four stars. That's pretty high. Uh, a lot of other critics did not like it. It has a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score is better, 78%. Mm-hmm. It, it won some minor awards, a Hugo Award and some Saturn Awards. But uh, yeah. Did you say the Hugo Award? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Guy down the street named Hugo. He gave me an award. It was great. It was great. Real nice guy. That's, yeah, that's, that's basically what I'm feeling. Like,
1: hey. no, that yes, no. There's a guy named Hugo. <laughs> what? He, yeah, he comes to the Academy Awards every year, and he he gives his own award. You never see it on camera, uh, but yeah, no. He's he's literally a guy who just lives right down Hollywood Boulevard. You're full of shit. I'm like, no, I have
0: no idea. But that would be Uh, awesome if a guy showed up every year. It's like, I'm going to give you an award this year. You did great, good good effort,
1: (laughs) good effort. Yeah, no big awards, but I mean, I I really enjoyed it as a kid, you know. Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah. You know, watching it back now, there were some things I was like, that was kind of weird. I wouldn't have done that. Like the way that the the, the girl stroked her hair and immediately we cut to um, Jodie Foster. This Jodie Foster who we're talking about, right? Yeah. Thank you. I just had a a brain fart. She did the same thing with her hair. And I'm like, that was a little obvious, right? Oh, other obvious things. Can we agree that she killed her father, right? (laughs) Right. I don't think she killed her father. (laughs) I think she did. I think she did. I went back and rewatched it. What? There were like five medications in the medicine cabinet. And the one she grabbed was not the one for chest pain. She did not grab the nitroglycerin. She grabbed something else. Really? Yeah. No, I went back and rewatched it. And I was like, is this something they're trying to throw in there? Oh, yeah. No. He totally would have survived. But she grabbed the wrong pills.
1: Oh. I mean, she tells the priest or somebody, you know, she should have kept the pill mm-hmm. or a or a bottle. Upstairs, yep. or you know, whatever, I could have gotten to him faster. So they never addressed that she might have, they didn't address it, given and him the wrong pill. But and so I was, that's, I was like, wow. was that a purposeful thing, or does he just it have, to have
0: been. five bottles of chain, you know, chest pills, and she just grabbed one of them?
1: Huh, damn,
0: that's all I'm saying. Girl killed her father. All right, You heard
1: it here first. <laughs> Um, we are
0: skipping ahead though, Mark. Um, uh, I wanted to point out the very first scene, very first scene, like mm-hmm. opening credits, we're going through the galaxy, just going yeah. through all the things that have been pushed out and are just kind of like space trash now, right? Mm-hmm. Did, did anything come to your head as that was happening? Did something just like nothing, something light a fire in your head?
1: yeah from men in black with the the galaxy that's on the Ooh, like cats
0: yes thing yeah
1: yeah like then a men in black they they pull way back and then some mm-hmm. marble and two aliens are like playing with it
0: sure enough sure enough nope
1: that's not what you're looking nothing for.
0: nothing started a fire for you
1: started a fire
0: we didn't start the fire it was yeah fire. no oh my god all right here I am back again to Billy Joel man we didn't start the fire one phenomenal song and two Yeah. That's what it was. All he does is list all the crazy things that's happened in the world, and I feel like that's exactly what we got to see, was just all these highlights of the world as we were going through. Okay. Which was actually just rewritten and re-recorded by someone else for modern day, like millennials. You should go check it out.
1: Like a legit artist?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm looking it up right now. I heard it on the radio. I was like, no way. Let's see. We Didn't Start the Fire was originally written by Billy Joel. And then Fallout Boy.
1: Th- like this just came out. Yeah. I didn't know Fallout Boy was still a going concern. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. Huh.
0: I mean, I guess they got bored at home. They weren't writing any music. And they were like, you know what? We're going to redo Billy Joel. We're going to modernize this bitch.
1: Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Check, Check it, it out. I've got a little synopsis if we want to do. Oh, please, Mark. We want to do a little synopsis. Do it. So I'm, I'm going to tap into kind of what you did for Lone Star here. This is a, a story about faith versus science, about personal gain or the search for personal gain versus the restrictions of the government and the deification of technology versus human truth. And to get into the plot a little bit, Ellie, played by Jodie Foster, has been on the hunt for little green men since childhood. As an adult, she's not treated seriously as a SETI researcher, but her team identifies a signal from aliens, and then everybody gets involved, wants to take credit, wants to have a say. They do some science. They build this this transport device that's a sphere capsule combined with an an executive desk toy uh, <laughs> that sends her through some wormholes. She meets some aliens. No one believes her.
0: The end. I think you nailed it. Yeah. It really does look like one of those executive desk toys that you would buy like at a novelty shop. Yep. Like the, the circles exactly. that just yeah do
1: weird things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, the little capsule looks like, like the eight balls that would oh. hit. You know, ding, dong, ding, dong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure so, there's yeah. a word for that.
0: Whatever that yeah. is. It's just all executive desk toys. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I'm just going to go off on tangents, Mark. You got to deal with me tonight. I don't know what to tell you. Um, do it. As a kid. Living in Claremont, I remember seeing this movie and I took one of those coffee cans. You don't even see those anymore. Like the size of a gallon, right? Like those round coffee cans mm-hmm. you used to get and I think like Folgers. I, yeah, like a Folgers thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: That is our most modestly priced receptacle.
0: Stuck a hole in the bottom of it, probably put something through it. And I think I put I unplugged my parents' telephone and put it beside it. And like waited outside to hear things from no. from the aliens. <laughs> no you didn't. Oh, I swear to God. I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: You plugged the telephone line. Into
0: <laughs> the <aliens. laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, no, I totally did that. I mean, yeah. This was an inspirational movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: I was so disappointed when I didn't hear shit. Nothing.
1: Yeah, just traffic going by, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, just traffic.
1: Well, they did get a false signal or not a false signal. They they uh Jody and and the blind guy, they they hear something and they think it might be a new discovery and it ends up being something that had been discovered, you know, a decade before. Sure. Sure. Um so so maybe that was you. You're just constantly finding pulsars that someone yeah. had already discovered. Maybe I just wasn't listening
0: hard enough. Maybe. I was ignoring things like uh, Nazis. Fucking Nazis. Okay. Yeah. What a weird way to turn that signal back around. You know what? We're going to send Hitler back. That'll get their attention.
1: They were Nazis, dude? Oh, come on, Donnie. They were threatening castration. Are we going to split hairs here? Well, as they said in the in the movie, it was like the first worldwide broadcast that was strong enough to make it out into space, you know? So, mm-hmm. And they say that the alien who looks like Ellie's father at the end, you know, says, or she asks, why did you contact us? And he says, you contacted us. Right. Yep. You know? Yep. So, yeah, they just sent it back with with the same signal that had been sent to them. That's true. Unfortunate signal, nonetheless, but a signal. Yeah, that, that really sent a, like, sent a bee up a James Wood's ass, didn't it? Right now, my job is to protect American lives from any plausible threat, and in that regard, I am obligated to assume the worst. If the source of the signal is so sophisticated, why the remedial math? I'm going to recommend to the president that we militarize this project immediately. Could be a Trojan horse. We build it and pours the entire vegan army. <laughs> <laughs> he saw that swastika and was yeah. like, <laughs> Get everybody on the line. We're blowing these aliens out of the water, you know?
0: Well, I mean, and then there's that constant theme throughout the film. You know, you always have, like, little groups of neo-Nazis, like, coming out.
1: They're like, yeah,
0: Yeah. They were everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah,
1: at the launch site. That was, yep. Yeah, I, I noticed two of the signs that I really liked. One was uh, UFO abduction insurance for oh, sale. people <laughs> are thinking, man. They're like, how can we yeah. monetize this situation? Yeah. hmm Uh, And then the other one, I wouldn't say I liked it, but uh, it said Hitler lives. Yeah, I just was like, like, yeah, I mean, that would, you know, Mm -hmm. that would certainly ignite neo-Nazis. Oh, for sure. And of course, The Religious Nut, played by Jake Busey.
0: Yes. All right. So, again, before I finished the film, you know, I was trying to reconcile my bad memory of it. As a child. And I was like, is Matthew McConaughey the guy who's going to blow this up?
1: Is he that guy? He wasn't. He wasn't. But uh, He's not in the movie much more than Jake Busey is, though. No. No. But we got him shirtless this time. We did. Eight- in repose.
0: <laughs> Man, we got him on minute eighteen thirty seconds, all the way to 20, 50. That's uh, two
1: minutes and 20 seconds. And got a little bit of Jodie Foster's ass in there. And a little bit of side boot. There there you go. Tell me, 13-year-old Mark had a a crush on Jodie Foster
0: after watching this. Well, 13-year-old Mark just didn't know what was coming, all right? Looking at her now, I'm like, come on, clean that girl up a little bit.
1: (laughs) Well, she's 60 years old now. (laughs) (laughs) She looks pretty good for 60. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, so that might be (laughs) McConaughey's longest scene in the movie. It really um, is, isn't it? Which led me to ask the question. He's in Greenlights. he said, the day before A Time to Kill premiered, he had a hundred scripts on his desk. He wanted to do ninety-nine of them, but only you know one uh, you know one movie wanted him. The day after A Time to Kill premiered, he still had a hundred scripts on his desk, and ninety-nine wanted him for their movie. Hell yeah! You know. So it led me to ask, if he's got 99 scripts, why did he choose this one? And the answer is in green lights. Hell yeah. He says, Jodie Foster was the clear lead, and people questioned why I took the, quote, girls role, as they called it at the time, instead of, instead of taking other leading roles that I was being offered. I was more than satisfied with my choice. As I was interested in what I termed philanthropic roles and stories of self-discovery, as well as working with great directors, and then just after this in the book, he goes to a monastery in New Mexico, Arizona, and does like a walkabout, and then he ends up going to the Amazon for two weeks. Um, just just shortly thereafter, so he like he gets fame and says, "I don't know what to do with it," and immediately. Goes on a journey of self-discovery.
0: Really? So he never
1: had the, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. He, he never like collapsed because of this newfound mm-hmm. fame. Um, so he immediately said, I want to do these, as he said, philanthropic roles. So that's kind of why he did, he had a small part. Well, that's uh, cool. Yeah.
0: I like that. You know, it kind of reminds me of saying like, I'll go with the ugly kid to prom. like. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I'm getting that kind of vibe, but um, yeah,
1: that's what he—that's what he wanted.
0: Yeah, it, and it was a good film. It really was. Uh, I felt like he did a good job in his acting of all this. Mm-hmm. No crazy accents that we had to get through. He had his natural <laughs> swagger. I, I felt like from the very beginning, you know. Oh yeah, you can call me a man of the cloth, without the cloth. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So last night, Diana and I were watching it, and he said that. And I said, "Okay, so you just call him a man of the." <laughs> <laughs> a man. Of the- <laughs> he wants to be called a man of the. <laughs> Is that? Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, he says he's not quite a priest or not quite a father. Cause he he didn't want the, uh because he wouldn't take the vows of celibacy. celibacy. Yep.
0: <laughs> nope. No celibacy for this guy. Nope. Yeah.
1: Mm. And when we first see him, he's down. He's in Puerto Rico. He looks like a surfer dude. He's got it's like long, curly wavy hair. Mm-hmm. And he's eating cracker jacks. You know, what <laughs> I mean, <laughs>
0: cracker jacks. You know, yeah, cracker he just jacks. Looks- was, that was a poor choice. Just think, like grabbing those, you're gonna be sweaty, it's gonna be sticky. That does not That's seem true. like a snack of the area. Well, they needed him to get the little toy compass. Uh, is that where he got the compass from? Yeah. Okay, that makes so much sense. I was like, why is he carrying this thing around? All right, the compass. He he pulled it out of the cracker
1: jack box while he was talking to Elliot. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you connected those dots for me. Thank you. But yeah, so they meet there. Then they fuck hmm mm-hmm. We see McConaughey's nipples. Then Ellie just like ghosts him. Yeah. Now, was she leaving at 10 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock in the morning?
0: It had to be 10 o'clock at night. I, like when they were packing up to go? Like
1: when she was like, I got to go. And she's like, you just make yourself breakfast. Sleep in. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was at night. Yeah. 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 So it was like the next morning she finds out that she's got to leave. And yeah, she doesn't call him. She just. I know. four years. Yeah. Golly. This
0: happened to me once. One night standing.
1: Broke my heart. And now you're married to her. Just like this movie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Tale <laughs> as old <oldest> as time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a question. What the fuck is a Jansky? I'm sorry? A Jansky. There were a lot of technical terms that they kept throwing out. And I feel like they made a bunch of them up, Mark. So, I wrote down this one word, Jansky, because they were talking about, oh, so many gigahertz and this what, and the other, and Janskys. Mm-hmm. So, I wrote it down. And, uh, nope, it is a non-SI unit of spectral flux density. Now we know.
1: That makes total sense to me.
0: It's the equivalent of 10 to the power of negative 26 watts per square meter per hertz. Oh. Of course. Obviously, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I swear to god man, I was like they're just making up words. Okay? <laughs> just making shit up.
1: All right, I did not process that word in the movie, so oh I god. must have just said don't know what that is. Doesn't matter. <laughs> did, did
0: you watch it with the subtitles, man? Because it it really yeah. threw me. Oh, I watch everything with subtitles. Can you read like that's my, if you're not watching things with subtitles, it makes me wonder if you can read. That's all i got to say.
1: <laughs> I do usually have subtitles on. I don't know why you're coming at me. I'm just about my dyslexia. <laughs> if the source of this signal is so sophisticated, why the remedial math? Um,
0: can we talk about the rest of the cast
1: of this movie? Yes, please.
0: All right. I don't know what was going on in the world in 1997 that Bill Clinton had so much time on his hands that he could be in like four scenes of this movie easily. He had a lot of screen time.
1: I've got a little insight on that. Oh, fuck yeah. Go. So I've already, uh, go. I did a little interview with, with uh, an alien enthusiast. Yes. UFO enthusiast. Uh, but the guy I interviewed, his name is Bob Lament. Mm-hmm. And he, he's a, a few years older than us. And he was saying, no, that's real news footage. Like, Bill Clinton did not film anything for this movie. Mm. Yeah. And I haven't confirmed this, but he said, I think it's when they first found Water on Mars. Bill Clinton came out and said, this scientific discovery is beyond everything. It's going to change, blah, 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 blah. So they just pulled news footage. No way. And if you know that, you can see, like, when he comes off the podium, it's not him you know they don't they don't show his face and when you see him in the screen walking off the podium it's it's cgi but you had to be looking for it motherfucker what they had me mark they had me they did uh, me too cuz when i talked to bob i was like man you I mean, i know i know that uh, obama did a few things you know where he pretended to i mean he he acted you know mm-hmm. yeah during his presidency and you know i just i didn't know that I didn't know that Bill Clinton did that. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. That was real footage.
0: To be fair, the, the alien guy told you that, right? So, I, <laughs> I feel like it's worth verifying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Bob, if you're listening, I'm sorry. It's a good point.
0: Um. <clears throat> okay, but but there were so many other people. They had Jay Leno going on there, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe they had a Geraldo Rivera.
1: They did. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> you see these people playing in, and I'm like, yeah, Bill Clinton, it's not a big stretch. I'm surprised they didn't have Monica.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Wolf uh, Wolf Blitzer was in mm-hmm. there, a young Wolf Blitzer, and there were a couple of other ones that my wife recognized yeah. as real uh, like news broadcasters, but-
0: I have to imagine that that's where part of that 90 million dollar budget went, right? Like you don't just call these guys up and say, "Hey, you want to do 30 seconds for a film?" or do you?" Or are these guys like, "Ah, eh, this might be career building. I'll get in there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the going rate is for for something like that.
0: Well, Mark, you are the professional, so I expect you to know these things
1: i'm the I'm the movie professional.: you're the or? professional here, Mark. Okay. You
0: are the captain. You are at the helm of this ship. I want to know. I'm sorry. How much was Jay Leno paid?
1: <laughs> he had some good jokes, by He the way. did. He really did. <laughs> so it turns out there's life on other planets. Boy, this is really going to change the Miss Universe contest, don't you think? I mean, gee, we're going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were good. Mm-hmm. I bet his writers, like the show's writers, came up with them. Oh, for they, sure. They were good. They were good. So yeah, you got all those folks.
0: Uh, Rob Lowe. Yep. Fucking Rob, Rob Lowe. Lowe. <laughs> yes. I saw him and I paused it. I was like, yes. I take care of my body
1: above all else. Diet, exercise, supplements, positive thinking. Yeah. He was on that one little scene and mm-hmm. or, or like one little news bit. Yep. And Diane and I looked at each other like, that's all he's, he's only going to be in it for this. And then, and then he's in it a little bit more, you know, but. Uh, yep. But not a big, not a big role.
0: Well, you have to think this was probably real early on for him, right? Hmm. I would imagine. I'm not nearly as in depth with his career as I am with Matthew McConaughey's, uh, but.
1: Yeah, I think his career started in the '80s, and he. There's some scandal. Like he had, he had sex with the underage lady or something. There's something a little rough right right at the very beginning of his career. And then he got clean, and he's been clean. He's America's Sweetheart ever since. He
0: is. Oh, my God. Him on uh, Parks and Rec. Friggin' loved it. Yeah. Loved Loved him. him. Great character.
1: And then uh, James Woods. He's an asshole in this movie. Yeah. An asshole in real life, as far as I understand. Tom Skerritt. Who was that? Uh, The guy from Top Gun. Yes! Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: That's where I recommend. Also, an
1: asshole in this movie.
0: Uh, yep, also an asshole. Hundred percent.
1: Now, so he he was like head of head of science or something, right? Yes, yes. He was he was the science
0: czar in the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he was like head of head of U.S. science, and then became like the science advisor to the president. Yep. Uh, but all but before all that, he was I guess over like research like maybe the National Institute of Research or something, you know, and he worked closely with Ellie. Yes. They had like a personal relationship. He keeps moving up the political ranks. Mm -hmm. Keeps trying to shut her down. But as soon as she's successful, he just takes credit for her. 100%. Yeah. For her work.
0: Yeah, he's been on her back this whole time, to the point where he took her funding away, right? Mm -hmm. She kept doing her thing, found her own funding. Through that really weird guy. And, um, yes. And then, like you said, once she finally got it, he jumped right back in. He's like, Yes, I'll tell you guys all about this and I'll take credit for it and I'll get in the buggy. Put me in the machine.
1: So when I watched it last night, I felt very much like it was a man taking credit for the woman's work, mansplaining, you know, type of. 100%.
0: 100%.
1: But as I thought about it more, like, He's a politician who just keeps – he wants to go higher and higher and higher. What do you think the movie was trying to say? Was it – because this was 1997. Right. I don't know. Do you think it was man taking credit for woman's work or or was it more – maybe that's part of it, but was it more about like a power differential? Yeah, or, I'm with you. I think
0: it was politically motivated. If, if yeah, yeah, just like his desire to go – yeah. 100%. Political
1: gain. Yeah, Okay. Yeah.
0: And, and I have taken a completely different perspective in life than Jodie Foster's character did. All right. She allowed okay. this guy to walk all over him. And I have decided I would much rather be an asshole than a doormat. And that's my life. Sorry, I'm connecting with, uh, with this in a very strange
1: way. But uh, you wipe your asshole on those doormats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking A. You're damn right.
1: Yeah. Damn. I've heard you talk here lately about a couple of ways that you've not necessarily been an asshole, but you've just said like, I'm, d- this is, this is, this is it.
0: Dude. Yeah, absolutely. Happened very, yeah. Very big thing happened very recently. And I'm not going to let people walk over my ass and they, sh- Jody shouldn't have let him do it, but he got what was coming to him. All right. Think about what would have so? happened to her. Yeah. Right.
1: How, how did he get what's coming to him?
0: Um, he got blown up. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: by who? <laughs> yeah. Mark, where have you been? He, he literally got blown up. Yeah, by the religious terrorist, Jake Busey.
0: What we do, we do for the goodness of all mankind. This won't be understood, not now, but the apocalypse to come will vindicate our faith. Now, that's so funny.
1: He looks like Gary Busey. Oh yeah, like you can see that. Mm-hmm. His his like he's more of a blockhead, like uh, like a, a jock. Yeah. Then than his brother Gary, but like it's just a jock version of Gary. Busey. It is yeah, like it is just
0: Gary's scary looking. Like he is. Yeah. Nothing about him looks like he would be kind. <laughs> nothing about him. Let's <laughs> talk about buttered sausage talk about buttered sausage, where it comes from, what it does,
1: why is it doing what it's doing? Get it out of my face. Did you see the Impractical Jokers episode that he's on? Mhm. I mean, his brain is just fucking fried <laughs> from, from all the drugs. He's probably he's probably been dead a few times and brought back to life and it's just that would half his brain is dead. Uh, but, yeah, no, he took things too far. He's I mean, he's he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Could have been his brother. Had this one starring role, blowing people up.
1: That's right. Yeah, you mentioned the the weirdo, the, the billionaire, right? Haddon? Yeah, Haddon. Yep. Feels like Haddon was the eccentric billionaire before we really had like celebrity eccentric billionaires.
0: Well yeah, now we've got uh we've got Musk. We've got um Bezos. That's who I'm thinking of. Bezos, yep. Richard Branson. These people, they saw this. They saw contact, and they're like,
1: "Now we have a goal." So I wonder if if this was like Carl Sagan's idea of what would happen, or if this is like the you know he wrote the book, but then he wrote just the out the plot outline. Right. So this very well may be something that that came from the writers or Zemeckis or somebody Mm -hmm. as as maybe I don't know a prediction or just just an idea. I don't know. I don't know, but. It, it is very poignant now uh, that Haddon is like the stand-in for these eccentric billionaires. And he lives in, the, he's lives in a plane, Johnny. Why? He lives in a plane, and then
0: he lives with Russians in the spaceship. Mm-hmm. Tell me that's not Bezos. Like, that's what's going to happen to Bezos, all right? It does feel like that, yeah. Like, he's going to be like, oh, man, I got to get off this planet. I'm going to get convicted of something. He's going to go live with the Russians (laughs) in a space shuttle until he dies. All right. (laughs) He's going to be like, I'm starving the cancer without oxygen.
1: Right. Why, why, why did he live in a plane?
0: He said, uh, his lifestyle, he needed more mobility. All right. It just, it just made the most sense for him.
1: He hardly ever lands. Apparently. That's right. (laughs) The, that, was, that It seemed very uh, – it seemed like he was saying more than he said, you know? I, I think kind of what you said about Bezos running running from – Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it definitely felt like he, he didn't want to be in any one place for too long where anybody, any government could touch him.
0: And then at the end, you know, at the end of the film, they tried to make this whole thing out to be a big um, practical joke played by him. He obviously right. was an enemy of the politically affluent. And, and to your point, I don't think he did ever want to be in one place for too long. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that was kind of his thing.
1: Yeah, they, the, he became the, the straw man or the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. That he, he made all this up just to get a bunch of government contracts and to get access to advanced technology and yeah. I don't feel like they gave her really... The benefit of the
0: doubt that they should have. I mean there at the very end they noted, you know, what's interesting about the static is that they got eighteen hours of it.
1: That is interesting, isn't it?
0: Where are the scientists yeah. looking at this stuff and saying, This is interesting right
1: now? This is worth looking into. I think it's the national security people looked at it first and hid it so that nobody could fucking government could man. see it. So I think I think the big thing is you know like kind of the world united oh, yeah. a little bit around this. And all you have to show for it is 18 hours of static. Well, Mark. So it's easier it's easier to say that the yeah. billionaire made all this up and that yeah. Jodie Foster is lying, you know? No. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I want to know, Mark,
0: if they did it again. Okay? If you drop the ball again, does it work?
1: I thought the same thing. Like, why not do it again? You don't have a bunch of rocket
0: fuel, right?
1: Right. Just power that bitch up again and like see what
0: it'll do. And then the the jailer from the Green Mile will be there, and he's like, "I told y'all not to do this again. Why are we here? Right? (laughs) (laughs) I made (laughs) it very clear. You don't call us; we'll call you. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, we said that. One, uh, the, the rig, the whole thing got blown mm-hmm. up by Jake Busey. But then there's a second one. And, and the billionaire hadn't. He says, the first rule in government spending. Why build one when you can have two okay. for twice the price? <laughs> you said.
0: <laughs> That's a great line. You're not going to believe me when I say this, Mark. But I think of that a lot. Like there are some iconic scenes for me in this movie that for some reason have like embedded themselves in my head. And that one comes up about every six or seven months. It's so No, it's weird. It's weird, Mark, but that's <laughs> one of the lines that I think of. Well. All right. God damn. I'm going to look up this other movie with the cricket legs, man, because I want to know what's going on. I, got, oh. Inquiring minds want to know.
1: Hey, Siri. <laughs> thinks I need to go to bed. Oh. I'm telling you... The, They came out at the same time. What's a movie with aliens with backwards crooked legs? I found this on the web. The Arrival from 2012? The Arrival. 1996 is,
0: for whatever reason, this is the answer Google gave me. It's probably the movie you're looking for. The aliens had a skin suit of sorts that covered their bodies to make them look human. They had the ability to walk with their legs bent either forward or backward. The Arrival, 1996. The year before, I'm telling you, that's why I confused these two things. That makes sense. I'm going to have to go back and watch it tonight.
1: No. No, no you problem. don't I have to. Uh, yeah, so Johnny, the I, probably the major themes in this movie, and mm-hmm. I kind of said it in, in the synopsis, yes. you know, faith versus science. Uh, McConaughey says it outright. You know, the question that he's asking is, do we need technology or – is technology making our. Better. Are we better lives for it? Right. Richer. Yeah. And I think he says it's like the deification of technology versus human truth. Uh, but a lot of the things in the movie are just more basic. It's, is God real? Science. God, science. Well, no.
0: Yeah. I don't think we can downplay that because. As we noted earlier, I had a great dinner with some old college buddies last night. Had some cigars out on the back deck. Mm -hmm. It was a great time. God strike me down if we didn't have that exact conversation. Yes. Wow. Of course it came up. Why wouldn't it come up, right? I mean, it seems logical. (laughs) Yeah. God or science. One or the other, Mark.
1: We're nearing (laughs) death. (laughs) This is a good time to talk
0: about it. But yeah, no, I I thought it was very, very timely for this film. I was like, no kidding. We talked about this.
1: We didn't get anywhere, cause who never does, but Yeah, McConaughey again, he's he went to seminary or you know, got a degree in theology or whatever. And Ellie is very, very, very much a scientist. Mm-hmm. And they have a little conversation, you know, where she says like science revealed God doesn't exist. And and then he pulls this bullshit example of Did you love your father? <laughs> Can you prove it? <laughs> prove it. And she's just like Whoa. And I'm going, what? <laughs> you know, what, Dude, are, what are you talking about? He was
0: enamored with the dick. That's what it was. All right. It was the D. It was the D. What? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, All right. Well. Had to be. Had to be. Not, she has little tiny little hands. She has just very little hands. Everything's
1: fucking huge to her. They just, they had sex once. Four years went by and then he was kind of head over heels you, over her. He made sure that she was disqualified from being yes. the one who went oh into the, the first capsule because he loved her because they had sex one time <laughs> four years prior. So, was she obsessed with the D or was Dude, it the other way what around? A dick
0: move. He knew it. She knew yeah. it.
1: It was all part of God's well, plan.
0: Here's what I want to know let's say Top Gun guy made it. Who's greeting him? That's what I want to know. They, they scan his mind and design the perfect scenario right perfect background perfect Mm -hmm. person talking to him who the fuck is that that's what i want to know
1: i think that he killed his first wife
0: and that's well okay honest to god i'm sitting here thinking like i bet it's some kind of prostitute like they're gonna search his mind of like people that he enjoys and they're gonna show up as some <laughs> prostitute. Cinnamon's gonna be there yeah. on the pole ready to greet him. That's what it's gonna be.
1: Yeah. Some some high end mm-hmm. escort yep. from
0: DC. Hold on. Are you buzzing? I'm buzzing somewhere, Mark. I apologize. That's my wife. It's about it's about time she calls. Answer. You finger licking shit, monkey. Donkey blowing motherfucker!
1: A few moments later, where are we, Mark? I think we were talking about faith versus science, and um, he sabotaged her her chances of being yeah being on the rig.
0: Yeah, I think I mean you're absolutely right. He loved her. He didn't want her to go, and he used some bullshit excuse, like he just like yeah. Fucked her over in front of everybody. I'm I'm surprised they got back together at all. That's, this is really unrealistic, Mark. Girls hold grudges much much harder than that. <laughs> okay, I <laughs> think that that needs to be addressed. You speaking from personal experience? Listen, Mark. I've met a lot of girls. All right, I, I've known anybody you want to call out. I've known many women in my life, uh-huh. and, and that's just what I'm going to say. Is that, that was unrealistic. Clearly. Hollywood movie magic.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> a woman for- forgiving and forgetting? Bullshit. Bullshit.
1: Bullshit. <laughs> I mean, what do Gangway always say? Forget, but never forgive.
0: I feel like like there needs to be a McConaughey. Perhaps a takeaway from this film.
1: <laughs> I just want to meet new people and do cool things. I thought, man, that is about the best reason to go and do something there is in life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've got one. Please. We, we just kind of talked about it. Johnny, how good's that pussy? Because McConaughey had one night of passion, one evening of Did passion. Did you just ask me how good was that
0: pussy? Is that Was that the how
1: McConaughey? Good? what what that pussy do, though? Because they they ate Cracker Jacks and then they fucked. And then four years later, he sabotages her chances of doing of, of following her life's dream because he's in love with okay,
0: her. Okay, all right. But but she also held on to that compass for four years. She still had it. And she had put it onto a damn gold necklace. Okay. She wore that. That's true. I go back to she couldn't
1: get away from his D. That's what I'm going with. I I think I think she was like eleven out of ten in bed, and that, that's that's my McConaughey. Um good for her. I, good for her. Yeah. But well, my wife my wife said her McConaughey would be age is just a number. <laughs> because <laughs> because Jodie Foster's seven years older than McConaughey. So you know,
0: Ooh-hmm. she was getting
1: it. Yeah. Hey, that's my McConaughey. Age
0: is just a number, and uh, how good was that pussy? Mm Mm-hmm. That's good, Mark. That's good. There's wisdom in there somewhere. Oh, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Uh, You know, paper airplanes, Mark. I don't know if you held on to that piece of the the equation of this film as, as much as I did. Jodie Foster wasn't able to put all the the pieces together of these 10,000 pages. Right. Because she was looking at it as a 2D figure. It was 3D, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Paper airplanes. Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you can think outside the box. Sometimes you think inside the box. Sometimes you think like a box. That's... Holy <laughs> shit, Mark. <laughs> Think
0: like a box. That's <laughs> it. You nailed it. You, you nailed it. <laughs> you fucking nailed it. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, and again, that's some made up bullshit. Just like the fucking word Janskis. That's all I have to say about Jeanskys. that. Janskis. <laughs>
1: okay. That, what? Okay. I feel like I'm thinking of two different jeans brands. Jinko and... <laughs> um, What's the other one that starts with a J. Uh <laughs> they're like kids'
0: jeans or something. Let's see, Jinko and Detroit, Detroit,
1: Detroit.
0: I don't know, but I, I feel like I feel like spanks. Like if you took Jinko and Spanx, it would make Jenxies. Like like I feel like okay. that would come together pretty well.
1: There you go. All, All right. right. See, we're creating creating words Basically here. Basically
0: they're juggings, right? That's what we're talking about here. Okay.
1: Well, Johnny, we have to review the film. What, what is the word? Janxies? Uh Yeah, I'm going to look back. That's it. Janxies. So I had I had a few little ideas for how we could review this film. Uh, toy compasses. Ooh, yeah, yeah. For one. Uh, Jake Busey's. Ooh. Well, there can only be one I, Jake
0: Busey. Mark. Uh, Are you crazy? Okay. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs>
1: uh, I, but I like Janxies.
0: Well, I mean, if we're going to use... A non-SI unit of spectral flux density or spectral ira- irradiance used especially in radio astronomy, mm-hmm. it's got to be Jenksy's.
1: Yeah, how many, how many hertz per, how many oh, well, microhertz per meter? Well,
0: come on, even my three-year-old knows that. A Jenksy is I the know. equivalent to 10 to the negative 26th power watts per square uh-huh. meter per hertz.
1: One point twenty one gigawatts. Oh watts per square meter per hertz. That's what it was. Yeah. Right, come on, Mark. Come on. I'm sorry. On. So yeah, do you want to do uh ten Jenksies? I think I mean I
0: think we have to. Even though ten Jenksies still is is not a lot because we're talking about negative integers here, but Right. Uh yeah. Mark, I'm gonna give this an I'm gonna give a seven. Okay. All right. I'm gonna give it a seven because it's better than a five, right? Mm -hmm. But we're not like in like, oh man, I gotta go home and watch that again territory. And it aired on TNT, and if it aired on TNT, it automatically gets deducted a point. The whole point.
1: (laughs) How about you, Mark? How many jankies? They sold the rights too quickly, (laughs) (laughs) too easily. I think the 13-year-old Mark would give it nine Janxies. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm going to give it six Janxies. I enjoyed it like an eight. Sure. But I think objectively I had to, to give it six Janxies. That's fair. Just the, the the science versus faith bullshit was just very... Listen, Mark, I don't know if
0: you remember, 1997 is not far away from 1999 when we literally thought all the computers were going to stop working. Okay, that's just where the world was. We were convinced that every computer was going to stop working on January 1st to uh, the year 2000.
1: I mean, there were some pretty big disasters. I remember there was one lady who had like tens of thousands of dollars in late fees at Blockbuster. (laughs) What? What? Yeah. No. No. Because <laughs> it was like a hundred years. Bullshit. Late. I have not heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was probably the biggest disaster. Oh, that's funniest. Huh? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It was. It was a time where, where this was definitely in the zeitgeist. Just where is technology taking us? You know. But I don't know. I just felt like, I felt like somebody put put that part of the story together with balsa wood and glue. <laughs> it just wasn't you know it wasn't too strong. Yeah, so I, I would give the movie six Janks jinx, Janksies. That's fair. Yeah, and for McConaughey, th- this is another one where we don't get a lot of him. But as you said, he's boy, he's there with the swagger.
0: He was, he was. I
1: was like, damn, man, you didn't waste any fucking time. I wish he had been in the movie about double the time that he was. He was great. He was great. He,
0: I, you know. I wish we had more surfer McConaughey. You know, he came out as like the uh, the political guy. In fact, I think uh, he was called God's diplomat at one point in the film. Yes. Uh, I would much rather see more rebel, like long hair, having sex, and she's leaving him at the in the middle of the night kind of Matthew McConaughey. That's what I want to see.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we got that coming up. Fucking A. Yeah. What do we have coming up, Mark? Well, we got some movies coming up, but I, I need to rate McConaughey. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I think I'm going to give McConaughey's performance seven and a half janksies. Ooh, yeah. He wasn't in it a lot, but I think he knocked it out of the park. He did do a good job. He was committed. Committed. Yeah. What the, How many janksies would you give McConaughey's performance?
0: I mean, dude, I'm going to give him an eight right out of the gate. All right, from the moment he stepped foot on the scene. It was the same swagger that we got from Dazed and Confused. That was the same McConaughey.
1: Yeah. And
0: I loved it. Loved it.
1: Johnny, I've got a, I've got a journal entry here if you want to hear it before we close out Dude. the evening. Dude. Mark, bring on a journal entry, brother. That's the fun about journaling. There are no rules. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Surprise, surprise. This is from Green Lights. Sometimes we have to leave what we know to find out what we know. Sometimes we have to leave what we know to find out what we know.
0: Sounds like something he would have written while he was on his walkabout, having some uh-huh. some fucking... Probably. ...hiawaska. <laughs> <night.
1: laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, I've heard, you know, oh, the ultimate life hack is to move out of your hometown... Uh, and there's definitely some truth oh, to that. I believe you know? that 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Get out there, see what you know, find out what you know. Well,
0: I mean, just moving out of your hometown, people have a definition of you in your hometown. Mm-hmm. You know, I totally believe that. Anyone listening, move out of your goddamn hometown. Speaking from
1: someone who lives <laughs> in his hometown. That's right. <laughs> there's our real McConaughey. Get the fuck out of your hometown. Damn right, Mart. No, go where you are happy. Well, Johnny, I think we had a good episode. Before we go, I think I want to thank some folks. Is that okay? Thank on, my friend. Thank on. I want to thank our dedicated listeners. Uh, I'm gonna call out the folks in Germany. Y'all listened to our first few episodes, and you've not a lot of traction since then. So, um, fuck Germany. But anyway, <laughs> thank you to our other dedicated listeners. <laughs> thank you to Elizna for our theme song, Hey, Aqualung. Uh, f- <laughs> <laughs> First we call out Hitler,
0: and now you're just saying, way to go, Germany. You're yeah. really letting us down. I mean...
1: Yeah, we, we had like 20 folks listening to Germany to our first few episodes, and now it's like five, so fuck y'all. <laughs> uh, also, my mother-in-law listens, so thank you for listening, Donna. You don't live in Germany, but really appreciate it
0: ask for the wolf Uh, man
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, follow us on instagram at masteringmpod you can email us at masteringmpod at gmail.com do not listen to johnny's other podcasts the modern real estate agents he will only make your life better you don't need that right now if you like this episode consider subscribing Drop us a five-star rating. Leave a a real review, even if it says me like this podcast. Me like this podcast. Just having a a real review out there really does help uh, help the exposure. Uh, We've had a lot of fun with this episode. We hope you join us next time as we watch Steven Spielberg's Amistad. See you next time. Bye, y'all.
0: Bye, guys. What's up, my What? Jesus Christ. Give me another beer. Termite's my ass. No, I know he's behind
1: his butt, but he's at the trucking commission. That's it. Hello? Hey, hello? God, dog, has a man supposed to make it? Jesus. I don't believe this. I don't believe it. Now i got the
0: deadhead to of California.